0: Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to our episode this week, I wanted to give you a reminder or perhaps let you know for the first time about the Handlebars Happy Hour right here in Chico. If you don't know, they're a craft beer bar and restaurant right on the south end of town at 2070 East 20th Street, and they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., where you get a dollar off every single one of their draft beers. So go check them out. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Here's the show. Why don't we begin? Report to Fresh We hope
1: you enjoy this
0: is Fresh Fresh Hopson. Hopson. Hey, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and film podcast and radio show based in Chico, California, where each and every week we tell you what you should and should not be watching and or drinking. My name is Max Minardi.
1: Johnny Summers, what's
0: up? This week on the show, we're giving you our thoughts on director Ari Aster's third feature film after the mainstream success of his previous two films, Hereditary and Midsommar, uh, both of which raised the bar for modern horror storytelling. Aster gives us something very different with Bo Is Afraid. As genres go, it's nearly undefinable, uh, maybe falls somewhere between very dark comedy and uh, an exercise in both the audience's and the protagonist's ability to withstand an anxiety-ridden world of bad dream logic. The film stars Joaquin Phoenix and opened in wide release this past weekend. But before we get to that, Johnny, tell these people what we're drinking.
1: Yeah, beers, this week we are drinking, come appropriately, from Nightmare Brewing, Uh phantom brewery. Near Long Island, by way of SNS produce, right here in Chico on Mangrove. Uh, beer number one is called Glasgow Smile. It's a fruited goza that is 6.7%. 5- uh, and beer number two is a big old chewy stout <laughs> called oh, yeah. mat- Matricide. Uh, it clocks in at 15.1%. So. Heavy hitting coming up later in
0: the show. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Thursday evening. Tonight is the last Thursday you'll be hearing our buttery voices on KZFR. Forever? No, that's because we're moving over to the weekend. From next week on, you can catch us on Saturday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. That's right, a full hour of this absolute gold. So for the last time today, you're only going to be hearing the first 30 minutes of our show, which includes our first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Bo is Afraid. But if you are so inclined to listen to the show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for Bo, a second beer review, and the always entertaining, hot and bothered, Johnny will tell you what to do. Man, I can't believe they get us for a whole hour on the radio. Lucky lucky listeners. That's
1: at least 50% more. That's great. That's insane. Uh, You're going to go search for Fresh Hop Cinema Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you download the podcasts to listen to. We release new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m., and we've been doing that since way back in 2016. If you like me or the show, Go or me. Us, or Max, I guess, Come on. too. He's here. Uh, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Not less than a five-star, though. We don't accept those. Uh, let us know you did. You don't want to brag about that because mm-hmm. it makes you at least 35% in cooler. The today. Yeah, it makes okay. sense. Uh, so do that. And to hang out with us on social media, you're going to search Fresh Hop Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to our old website, freshhopcinema.com.
0: This stuff doesn't happen for free. We are very, very grateful each and every week to all of our patrons on Patreon who give um, between a dollar and $10 per episode to help us keep the show running. It helps us buy beers for the show. It helps us go to movies. It helps us put on fun events like some stuff I'll tell you about here in a second. Um, if you want to know more about this, go to patreon.com slash FreshHopCinema. We put out fun bonus content. One of these days, hopefully this week, we're going to put out our review that was supposed to pair with Renfield of uh, 1989's *Vampires Kiss*, starring Nick Cage. We also have our date for our May bar hang. We're getting into nice weather, so it seems more appropriate to be back into the kind of the swing of bar hangs. Um, and that's uh, May twenty. What do you say, sixth? Possibly twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Thank you. Um, that's a Thursday. If you want the details on that, you. Uh, Check your Patreon if you're in Patreon. uh, Or if you don't like logging into Patreon, but you're in it, you can check the Facebook group that we have for Patreon. All of the details for our May bar hang will be there. Also, big shout out to Seb. Sebastian has a birthday this week, April 27th. So um, maybe, no, he's not hearing this on KZFR. So the day before, uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this episode, the day it drops. Happy birthday, Seb. Thanks for supporting us. Hope you're doing well and hope to see you in a few weeks at the bar hang. I think that's all the housekeeping, Johnny. Am I right? The
1: house is clean,
0: dude. Okay, then let's move into beers of the week. Johnny, you picked these out. Um, like you said, at SNS, uh, we we themed our beers this week to go with our movie. Very appropriate. We'll get more into that as we get into our second beer for sure. But crack open the first one, my dude. And I think we should point out that we've done this beer one time before on the show, not just the brewery, but this particular beer. And we wanted to revisit it um, for a number of reasons that we might get into. But... As you're pouring them, and if you wouldn't mind, sir, pour mine as well, would you describe to me maybe the can and what the beer looks like? Yeah, so we've got, basically, it's it's a head. Uh, all you see is the, the cranial
1: area of a person. There's skeleton hands inserting uh, skeletal fingers into eye sockets, peeling back eyelids, keeping the head in place. Horrible. And then you've got a very large knife inserted into the mouth, and it is applying... What is known as the Glasgow Smile?
0: Yeah, it was like this thing that was done by street gangs um, back in back in Scotland, and that's you know that's what that's what would happen. It would think of like think of maybe the most insane version of of the Joker's backstory from Batman, and that's what you sort of get. And Nightmare Brewing is kind of. Um, You know, if you look on their website, you'll get the gist, but like very um, metal inspired. Mm -hmm. So all of their cans take these historical – They're pretty brutal. uh, Horrible acts of atrocity done to people. They reimagine them uh, as artwork, which I could do without personally. And then also make, in my recollection, pretty good beers inside the cans. And I always love doing
1: this brewery just because of how uncomfortable the cans make you.
0: Sure. I think that's um, cruel but fair. So let's let's get into this, man. Um, let's let's talk fruited gozas Maybe in general, this one's not not a low ABV. So it's six point seven percent. Do you want to read me the description from? Uh, I got this from Untapped.
1: Yeah, uh, Glasgow Smile Fruited Goza six point seven, Soured on wild bilberries, bilberries, bilberry
0: baggins, uh, yeah,
1: sure. <laughs> grown in the <laughs> Caledonian forest of of the Scots pines. This is made up.
0: I th- no, it's not. I this just thought you'd really up. enjoy reading it. Yeah, yeah. Uh Yeah. Wild Bilbo berries. That's hilarious. Uh,
1: brewed with heather. Not the person. Sure. It's an ingredient used in Scotland beers. Scotland beers. That's really it. what's in the description. Just, you know. Let's go with Scottish, maybe. In Scotland beers. Scotland beers. Uh, for 5,000 years. It's been used in Scottish Beers. Can
0: I just throw it out? What, what nope. is, yeah, so it tastes, it's kind of like chamomile, like it's like a chamomile mint kind of thing with like a hint of lavender is sounds, how Heather is described. It's okay. so like very tea, like very herbal tea mm. kind of vibes, which would make sense as a mellowing agent for what could be a sort of tangy tart sour. In addition to that, Heather, which sounds delicious, we have
1: lemon zest, black sea salt, because it wouldn't be metal if it wasn't black sea <laughs> salt, sure. and then fermented with raspberries and blueberries. Uh, you're going to be getting maraschino sweet cherry. Jammy raspberry and lemon zest sharpness uh, with uh, some aromatics on it. Bilberry skin and heather come across as a balancing slight tannin earthiness. I'm gonna need some info on Bilbo Baggins berries. Yeah, you bet. Post-taste. Uh, a hint of citrus and underripe raspberry tartness
0: gives way to a
1: mouthwateringly dry champagne finish with savory salinity.
0: Okay, bilberries basically european blueberries is oh. the shortest version of it. Right. So they just wanted to call right, their guys. own thing so that's that's what we're kind of They're like you know. americans why are you naming fruit after colors i mean yeah i mean when you think about it ours does make more sense but theirs is more fun to say mm-hmm. Bilber- or maybe we've just gotten so used to blueberry that bilberry is kind of a fun spin maybe yeah
1: they've Look, always been bilberries so yeah americans were like we're, like, no, Bil- we're doing our own thing yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Who's well, Bill? Let's get into what's actually in our glasses. These very fun tasting glasses. Do you want to shout out what we're drinking these out of? Or, or, or? yeah. Okay. Do it.
1: We're drinking these out of some sweet, um, what would you say, red Solo cup inspired tasters from Slice Brewing. I was down there uh, this last weekend on a little trip and got us some beers, not for the show, but just for fun because that's allowed. And they had these tasters, and I was like, you know what? We haven't gotten new tasters for the show in forever. So cheers.
0: Cheers, man. Yeah, they're they're color coded, so I've got a blue one and you've got um well you is it orange? I'm going to say it's orange. It's like it's reddish. color with the beer in there. Um the beer by the way looks very um almost like a guava juice, but like a guava juice if you diluted it with maybe um I don't know, some some tea perhaps. Uh what you've tasted it? I've I've not quite gotten that far yet, but are you getting good vibes off of this thing?
1: It's very pleasant. It's understated. You read all that and you're like, "Wow, this is going to be a big bold yeah. in your face flavor." But it's it's way more subdued than the description would have me guess. I mean, it had all those tasting notes, and it's,
0: yeah,
1: I'm getting a bunch of them that they described. But it's also you know dialed way back as to what I was expecting, which is nice. Are you
0: yeah, you're enjoying that kind of that that restraint, that subtlety? Yeah,
1: because I mean, there's a there's a, a bit of a safety, but also you you get um, you know consumability. Like this is a beer that would be I could probably drink the whole can versus some of these more outrageous in your face over the top flavors where if they hit, they hit, but if they miss, boy do they miss. So yeah, I think, sure. you know, there's some bold flavors happening in here, but they played it fairly safe, which is kind of surprising for as as
0: aggressive as it could have been.
1: And aggressive mm-hmm. as their artwork and overall theme is. Uh like the the can is way more brutal than the beer.
0: I'm I'm pretty Definitely underwhelmed and not in a way that makes me praise that kind of holding back. I'm, I'm pretty bummed. There's there's almost also, by the way, like an irony kind of blood taste at the end that I'm not super digging, like a very metallic. Are you getting that at all? A little bit. It's not for me. I think most of these flavors don't work. Um, I do like the initial kind of fruity tang, but then pretty quickly it, it, it uh, careens off that cliff and just ends in like a rusty valley of despair for me and it's not uh, particularly enjoyable. I've only had one sip. I'll try it again, but um off to a rough start for me. Uh
1: there's no jamminess. There's this beer no, is far really dry. dry and not sweet. So I think if there was a little bit of more jammy, juicy notes to it, it would it would balance it out more, but it's it's almost one note in its little bit salty.
0: It starts there though, like a little it, bit tangy. It like teases you with a hint of wanting like it's going to be fruity and juicy and jammy, but then it really does get just cut off really abruptly by the yeah like some of the salinity some of the carbonation i think contributes to that um yeah that's a bummer
1: definitely get like berry skin like yep. i could see yep. when they said like the blueberry skins that makes sense cuz that's as sweet as this beer gets and yes i don't know i think you need some balance of sweetness in a in a fruited goza to balance out that that salty Finish. I n-
0: i would push back only in saying that there are certain flavors that do work really well with this kind of salty only quality mm-hmm. but i don't think it's bilberries certainly i think it's like it's like your lime it's like your lime adjacent goes i was
1: gonna say lime would be great with like
0: this. anything that could be almost misconstrued as potentially margarita adjacent mm-hmm. is great with a, a strong salty uh, uh finish just a strong salty dry finish i think works really well for like really sharp citrus flavors, not so much berry stuff.
1: Yeah. This beer would have been great with
0: peaches in it. I don't think that's true either. I, I think so. May, I mean maybe. Maybe yeah, stone fruit could have been. I think berry is probably one of the worst things you could do if you're trying And there's lots of like berry gozes, I'm sure, but I, I don't know. May, maybe there's a better way to do it than this. I'm just I'm I don't hate it, you know, but it's um it's below average for me. I'm not super jazzed about it. I hate I hate the can. Love the can. By the way. Yeah, so maybe that earns some more points for you. Um, but if I, these labels just peel off? I'm sure they do. Yeah. We have our uh, – maybe one of these days we'll post a photo on our Instagram of our podcast desk, which um, increasingly is gathering art from cans that we find cool. Certainly this one, Johnny, is going to be on your side of the mm-hmm. table, um, which I think eventually will make a nice mosaic of our taste in uh, yeah. not in, just in beer, everything, but in yeah. <laughs> and looks. Um, okay. Do you want to highlight anything you're not enjoying about this?
1: Just the underwhelming – Flavor profile, like yeah. this beer, just doesn't taste that great. There's no bones about it, man. It's it's not a breathtaking beer by any stretch. Yep it it lacks definition, intention. I think there's mm-hmm. there's really not a a defined purpose for this beer. So yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't have that focus, and it it feels half done, and it feels a little watered down too.
0: Yeah, I wonder what that's about. Um, it's really coming up as something that's drinking more like a four and a half percent beer i'm not detecting the booziness which sometimes i might be like well that's a good quality like you can you you can get away with a little bit more of of the alcohol because you're hiding it under lots of flavors i have to assume that's what's going to happen with our second beer today Mm -hmm. um but in this case i want some of that i want some of that body i want some of that um viscosity i want i want some heft and this has no heft Beer's too chill it is too chill um so i'm yeah i'm i'm you know i'm net cold on this one so far yeah, I'm about there with you. You want to rate it? I do. Why don't you go first, my friend? Oh, actually, I do have one more question. Um, And, and I can't the, – the radio specifics always – whatever. I want to know for our podcast listeners how much did this beer cost, and I can bleep it in the radio edit if I have to.
1: I don't remember.
0: Okay. Y- give me some notion of how you felt walking out of there. Did you get a good deal? Was it, it relatively affordable? I can't imagine they're that expensive. It wasn't cheap. Ballpark it for me. Seven bucks. Yeah, I'd call that too high. Yeah, I, you know, we'll say seven. We can we can fact check with with Andy over at SNS, but yeah, that's too high for this. Yeah, um, I think for what I'm drinking, point A, I would not probably buy it again. But but if I were to like five five and higher, anything higher than five, I guess I'd be pretty like mm, that's a bummer
1: for this flavor. Yeah,
0: yeah, for this particular exactly. Beer. No, I, I'd agree with that. I probably wouldn't buy it again.
1: There's better gozes out there for sure.
0: All right, well, give me out of ten, Johnny.
1: Out of ten that's like a. I'm gonna give it a. Ooh, f- four,
0: one. Yeah, 4.1. Okay. um, For the drinking experience, that's once it's in the glass and once I've drank it, it's pretty low for me. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. I think three is almost too aggressive for how much I don't care. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to give it a four on on just the drinking experience. I hate the can. I'm breaking this up again, by the way, today. Um, So just a horrible, horrifying can. I could go my whole life without seeing it again, but unfortunately – I am afraid you might put it on the table. Um, the can gets a one out of five for me as my bonus ratings go. And then the, the re-drinkability of this. It's a little bit too pricey. It's probably readily available. But even if I did love these flavors more, I don't think I'd want 16 ounces. So it's very – it's not redrinkable. It gets like a one out of five on that too, which brings my total uh, weird score today out of 20 to a six, which is pretty low. So right. that's where I'm at with, yeah. uh, with Glasgow Smile. So it's a six out of 10. It's a six out of 20. That makes no sense. I'll break it down for you later. But for now, do you have anything else in this beer? No, I'm good. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. Think we got this beer wrong, or maybe you think we got it right. You can get in touch, give us a high five or a slap on the wrist, message us on Instagram at Fresh Hop Cinema, or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. We do love feedback. And hey, if you like the show, go on, take 30 seconds, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts.
1: Yeah, you know, it really only does take a couple seconds And it's a very efficient way to help us Get our show in front of new listeners So please do that Next is a trailer for Bo is Afraid If you haven't seen it yet, do not be afraid There are no spoilers in our next segment So don't go anywhere I'm visiting my mother tomorrow
0: Hi, Carrot. it's Mom I'm just calling to say that I'm so, so, so excited to see you tomorrow You're my angel and I love you Okay. I love you.
1: Okay, bye, sweetie. I love you. Are you at the airport? I'm on my way. I just... It's not safe, is it? What do you think I should do? I'm sure you'll do the right thing, sweetheart.
0: Welcome back. I hit
1: you with my car. What? What? I know. What is was this? That's my little assistant health monitor. I'm Feeling sad about going home, Bo? I'm must feel totally unreal.
0: I'm supposed to be leaving. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm you will walk many miles. Dozens will become hundreds. Hundreds will become thousands. Your adventures will continue for years and years. I just need to get home. I know. Do you want the truth now?
1: if you're just joining us you're listening to fresh hop cinema a show about the worlds of craft beer and film if you're listening on the radio waves of kzfr 90.1 fm you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio today but if you'd like to hear the whole thing go subscribe to fresh hop cinema on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts it'll be available to stream tomorrow morning at 7 a.m so at the end of this if you just can't get enough old max and johnny
0: go have a listen bo played by Joaquin Phoenix, is a clinically and chronically anxious man, think Bill Murray and what about Bob, without the revelatory sort of wisdom, living in a terrible neighborhood in New York. Bo has a trip planned to go back home to see his mother, and on the way out the door, his keys and his bags are stolen, and what follows is one man's journey through all sorts of fun shenanigans to make it back home in time for uh, his mom's funeral. I think that's okay. It's pretty early on in the movie this happens. Her head, uh, he has been told, has been crushed by a chandelier, and he has to make it back to bury her properly. None of this is actually funny in like the quote unquote guy has to get home and encounter silly pranks and goofs on the road kind of way. But it is very funny in a uniquely Ari Aster kind of way in like a a tragic comedy way, I suppose. The same way that a, a man burning alive in the skin of a bear or a kid's head getting knocked off by a telephone pole is funny. So like in an Ari Aster tragic comedy, shocking disbelief, absurdity kind of way. And I'm clearly oversimplifying things here. But at three hours long, and fit to bursting with metaphors, social commentary, gags, horrors, poisonous spiders, plenty more, I just didn't know how else to kick off this conversation other than giving some kind of structure of the plot. And while I'm technically right here, I think simply discussing the plot is setting us up to some extent for the wrong kind of conversation. So let's start here instead. Ari Aster's previous films have been divisive amongst a lot of people. That said, Johnny, you and I have both loved them, uh, Midsommar being one of your favorite films, I think, of the last 10 years, if not probably longer. That's a safe bet. Now, I loved Bo is Afraid. Johnny Summers, I know you didn't. Oh, God. So <laughs> give, give me your initial thoughts and a rating.
1: No, man. Did not love it at all. <laughs> at all. Okay. I left this movie theater anxious, little paranoid, kind of nauseous, sure. And just overall not having a good time, man. Yeah. This movie was 3 hours of intentional induced anxiety. Yeah, it's like uncut gems. Yeah, but which longer. I also hated. Did you? Do? I did not enjoy okay, watching good. that. I would watch uncut gems 100 times before I watched this again. Wow. Um so you have this punishing experience for the viewer that uh, just was not enjoyable at any point during the extremely bloated three hours. Okay. Did I think to myself, this is enjoyable. This is a a good movie. It is not
0: enjoyable, but those aren't the same things you're saying.
1: Yeah. This is where our ratings can be what they are because I don't think you have to enjoy it for it to be a good movie. Okay. For the most part. Was it good to look at? Sure. There was some cool camera stuff. There was so much. It just felt so self-serving. Like it was just Ari Aster being the most Ari Aster. And it's, it, for me, it was so tedious. It was exhausting. It was empathy draining. It was stress-inducing. It was traumatizing. I, I legitimately left this movie the same way that I left the whale, where it affected the rest of my day. The only difference is I was enjoying my day after the whale. This was, it kind of derailed an after.
0: Were you enjoying your experience watching the whale? Was the whale enjoyable? Uh, More than this, yes. Okay. By a lot. Uh, So
1: yeah, did not really enjoy the experience. Joaquin Phoenix made a meal of it, but it's a character that I don't know, I guess I'm supposed to feel bad for and it made sense. I don't know. It just, this movie did not do it for me. It was so over the top that it became almost redundant in its audacity. It was just, okay, how much more unbelievable shit am I supposed to believe happens to this guy? And it's blurring the lines of reality and and, and fiction and fantasy, but then there's a lot of it that was actually real. It just... I don't know. It was so all over the place and I feel like I don't really get the point of this movie and it just left me anxious and bummed out. So, yeah, no. Did not like it at all. It's like a like a 1.7 for me.
0: 1.7 is very low. Um I this is yeah, this becomes tricky cuz I do think you've got a point. Depending on why one watches movies. It's a reasonable thing to want to have an enjoyable and entertaining time and I like messed up movies yeah you do I would push back a little bit against like Lars von Trier stuff and and I guess in some senses like a movie like um uh what's the one with uh, Willem Dafoe and, oh Antichrist uh, Antichrist is so over the top with the with a certain aspect of it like like the moments of violence in that movie are so over the top that it's possible to disassociate and just take it at like almost a comedic value, which is what I did in this movie, but I don't think you had that same experience. Um, and we'll come back and talk about some more theories here. But for me, I, I loved it. I think it has a ton to say about, um, I mean, and this is going to be tricky too, cause I don't want to spoil anything for people yet. I think Joaquin Phoenix kills it. Um, I love this idea of like the hero's journey being flipped on its head but the hero like is just clearly unequipped for um, like even the, the, we're not even rooting for the journey necessarily. I don't even know if we're supposed to feel bad for him. Um, I love that it's kind of open ended. Like you can kind of be like, well, yeah, he's like making this um, these circumstances on his own. Like he doesn't have to do what he's doing. Um, I think the world building at play here is incredible. We can we can go back and forth and debate though. I think it's not the point um, of like what's real and what isn't because the whole movie is from his perspective. It's a very unreliable narrator kind of movie. So this is how he's experiencing the world. So whether or not it's like real or whatever, I don't know matters, but I love how committed Ari Aster is to giving us this world. There's like four to five acts in this movie. It's a wild ride. I thought it, the runtime was amazing. I didn't know how long it was going into it. So I was constantly like, maybe this is it. Oh, no, nope, we're going somewhere else. I also love that it doesn't stay like in the first 30 to 40 minutes. We're in kind of his New York ish neighborhood, which is like almost dystopian. There's like crap. almost sure there's, there's crime on the streets. There's like a loose Brown. Um, what's the spider recluse is it Brown recluse, a loose recluse, uh, in the apartment. There's, there's some recluse? absurd there's... things that happen. Like there's a police officer just watching somebody get murdered. There's a guy called like the birthday party, stabby man that runs around naked and stabs people. And that's just part of the world. Now, whether or not that's actually how it is, or just how he perceives it because of the way he views the world with his anxiety and his, uh, you know, he's on medication and that brings a whole nother level. I just thought it was great. And then we didn't have to sit in that because then he moves and then, like the whole movie shifts tone and then there's like a suburban thing and then there's like a part in the forest and then it's – I I was in. I thought it was so cool. I can't wait to watch it again. There's so many layers. There's like Easter eggs all over the movie. I was catching little bits. It's so dense. There's an extended animated sequence that I actually think went a little bit too long. But what a, what a, what a fun idea to explore um, both – Uh, artistically as the filmmaker, but also narratively from the character's perspective, I thought it was great. Um, It's one of my favorite movies of the year so far. I'm super into it. It's like a nine for me. That's insane. I love this so much. I don't understand why this movie was good. Uh, Well, we can talk about it. I think a lot of that's going to get into like some deeper analytical stuff that the movie's about, which we probably shouldn't spoil for people that haven't seen it. Um, I really did love it though. I also think Nathan Lane showing up here is great. Um, doing like, um, an over-enthusiastic dad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, oh, man, I mean, most of the performances are fantastic. Uh, I just, I loved it. And like, maybe give me some stuff you maybe in, enjoyed that wasn't maybe like movie related, but so much as like, like as not the movie is like a grand whole thing, but like just, uh, specific stuff, like any performances that stuck out or visual things. A specific, like, visual stuff? Like, you know, you mentioned there were some, I think you said cool camera stuff. I mean, um, the
1: cinematography was was fine. Mm-hmm. I, there wasn't... I'm trying to think of, like, remarkable... Did you... Would, was this a funny movie to you? No. I was cracking up. I chuckled a couple times, but no.
0: I also went in with the expectations that this was going to be a horror movie because of Midsommar and Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um Which, like hereditary for sure scary movie mm-hmm. i think midsummer upsetting mm-hmm. not like full of jump scares or anything so i was expecting horror and this is there's not a single jump scare it's not i think even definable as a horror movie i think it's meant to be a comedy so i started catching on to them there's some really funny bits here like there's a section where he has a phone call with a ups driver yeah and there's like this potential misunderstanding and i'm like there's no way he's gonna call him back and that dude's gonna answer mm-hmm. and jesse goes, like, i'm so sorry like, the, I, I thought the movie was so funny and so bleak and weird, um, and I could see it being much less enjoyable if you didn't find it funny.
1: Yeah. I, the humor wasn't landing at all. Okay. Like, I could see where they were trying to be funny.
0: Yeah.
1: But the tone was just too manic and too all over the place, mm-hmm. and nah,
0: was All right. No. Um. Okay. Well, yeah, so maybe, maybe nothing's sticking out to you. No, I don't think so. All right. Well, we can talk more about what I think the movie's about um, once we get into spoilers and the danger zone for a bit, but um, unless... Do you have anything else? I might say my little written part here. I don't think so. Okay, then once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Bo is Afraid is currently in theaters. If you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on Instagram by searching Fresh Hop Cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. Next week on the show, we'll be covering Sisu, a film from the studio that produced John Wick about a gold prospector forced back into violence against a bunch of Nazis. Uh, The film opens in wide release this weekend, so go see it if you want to be in the know. We're also covering the latest from director Kelly Reichardt, who did First Cow. It's a film called Showing Up, and it's a movie, uh, you know, about creating art and living life, which is kind of like this podcast, uh, and opening at the pageant right here in Chico this weekend alongside our reviews of Sisu and Showing Up. We'll be drinking beers from Tox Brewing, a brewery that first showed up on our podcast um, about a year ago, actually. I think it was April of 2022. We were both very excited about the beers, um, so I'm excited for the ones that we're going to be drinking next week. Both beers are currently available at SNS Produce right here in Chico, so if you want to drink along with us, head down there and look for our Beer of the Week sticker on two beers called Poltergeist and Mycelium Dream. And as
1: a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes... Spoilers for Boaz is Afraid, a second full beer review, and Hot and Bothered. Head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. To our radio listeners, thank you for tuning in. The rest of this episode will be out tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. on all major podcast platforms. We'll be back on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM next Saturday and every Saturday, henceforth in perpetuity at 4 p.m. So until then, watch some films, drink something that makes your senses sizzle, but maybe not in a is afraid kind of way, and enjoy a beautiful Thursday evening. To those of you currently doing dishes, driving to work, or mowing the lawn using really high-powered headphones, or using us to lull your baby to sleep and listen in podcast form, we'll be right back with the Danger Zone. Danger, danger zone, zone. Danger 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 zone. Ah. Danger
0: zone. Okay. Welcome to the danger zone. We're going to spoil, but I was afraid a movie that I'm glad this kind of worked out because people have talked about Ari Aster movies as being very divisive. Like a mm-hmm. lot of people hate them. A lot of people love them. We've, oh.
1: we've loved them. Oh, we're a house divided. So, yeah. So I'm
0: glad this is happening to some extent. Um, cause it gives us a little bit, uh, a little bit of room to go back and forth on like just ideas and, and what, you know, what we think the film is about. And if that's a worthy reason to make a movie, right. Um, And I think that based on the conversations we've had briefly off air, like, and and even in the first segment, like, that seems like it might be your biggest issue with this is like, if the goal, or at least one of the goals is to put you in the shoes of somebody experiencing debilitating anxiety, Mm -hmm. and the goal of that for the viewer is to make them feel that, Mm -hmm. is that a noble pursuit as a filmmaker? I think you would unequivocally say, no, fuck that. That's fucked up. Don't do that to me. Well, as a as a person who imbibes in art that at sometimes
1: is designed to elicit negative mm-hmm. emotion, yep. or you know, help process negative emotion, whatever it is, you know, art can be therapy. Art can illuminate deeper issues, like you know, it, this movie is centers around basically mommy issues. Totally. So yeah, um, you know, to elicit such emotions, you know, it's 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 a successful piece of art, right? Which. By definition, does that make it good? Well, I think that's art. I don't think so. But it makes it successful. It makes it. This is a successful movie. It accomplished what it wanted to do. But in sure. my opinion, it doesn't make it good or enjoyable. Right. Yeah. I agree. It's not really it's like, enjoyable. It's like a painting. It's like this beer label. It is exactly like
0: the beer label. You're right. Like it elicits joy in me and it will
1: haunt your dreams.
0: Beca- and, and the joy that you're experiencing is because of how horrifying it is. Yeah. And same with my dreams. It's neither of us are disagreeing that it's horrifying. Mm-hmm. But just the way that we may, I think you shouldn't put that on a beer, beer label. I think that's gross. It's horrible. I'd never want to see that again. Yeah. That said, it's doing what it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I can't say it's a bad beer label. I just got to say, I don't like it. So let's use the word
1: effective then. Sure. Because it's it's effective in creating its intended emotional totally. response. Total, 100%. So, so in yes. that way, Bo is Afraid is an effective
0: movie. Yes. Critically, I can say it is effective. Agreed. I, I would also say objectively that it's technically very well done. Um, I would take issue maybe with the final maybe five minutes that trial that we'll get to. That was pretty CGI. A big portion of the the movie's budget was that, and I don't. I think the rest of the movie felt so cohesive and like such a, such a an idiosyncratic. Just like it knew what it was the whole time visually. Mm -hmm. Even the animated sequence, I think it was still kind of in line. Like it all felt like I was being guided very, very. like I was blindfolded and they were pushing me along. I was stepping every way, every single step. I was like, yep, I know that I'm not gonna bump into a wall. Mm -hmm. And that last bit, I think, looked not quite as good as the rest. But the rest of the movie, um, the camera work, uh, like the actual physical camera work, the editing I thought was fantastic. The editing was nice. There was some really clean cuts. Really well done in that respect too. So I think on those two fronts, it sounds like we agree. Mm-hmm. Successful. Mm-hmm. Enjoyable, we also agree. It is not enjoyable. No. It, it made me think of two movies. Quite oh, yeah. A bit. Okay, yeah, go. Do you want to guess? Um, oh, I have like six that I thought okay. of too. Um, climax. Climax is a great example. And yep. The Lighthouse. Okay, I would also go Truman Show. Yeah. Um, oh, the first one I thought of now is Leaving My Brain. I'll think of it in a second. Okay. But, but yes, absolutely, Gaspar Noé's Climax, which I hated, I hated for all the reasons you're discussing. Yeah yeah it, it was it was it the, was an it was just an exercise in making the audience horribly anxious, yeah. I think that's all it had to say. Mm. I think this movie has more to say true because I mean that was have you ever seen
1: those graphs of like one two, three, four six, nine characters where it's it's all broken down like the middle is true neutral and it's like chaotic good, chaotic bad oh yeah, yeah sure. so that like climax was like chaotic evil. And, yeah, totally. Like it was just chaos, <laughs> like the definition of chaos. Yes. And this was like chaotic good, you know what I'm saying? It was a different yeah. brand of chaos. Uh, so,
0: yes, I agree. Um, I think like it, it's saying way more than climax for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which if you don't know, very, we covered this on the show back in like the, the 180s or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just basically a, a troop of dancers are in an isolated cab, not a cabin, like a big, um, like a gym a
1: gymnasium production. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's almost like a school. I remember there was yeah, like bedrooms right. there. Right. Wasn't it like a dance Academy? Maybe. So they're like isolated because of a snowstorm. There's like 20 of them. Somebody spikes the punch with some crazy drugs. Like acid. everybody hallucinates. Yeah. People die. People freeze. To death. It's horrible. Yeah. There's no redeeming qualities to that movie. I think Gaspar Noe is a very, uh, contra- uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't like him. Yeah. Um, I can't think of this. It's such an easy word, whatever. I think he's up there. Controversial. With, that's the one, um, with like Lars von Trier. I've got a lot of issues with a lot of von Trier movies too. I think there's some that are okay. I've not had that experience with Gaspar mm-hmm. This one says a lot of things with its anxiety stuff, but does it through tried and true storytelling devices? Like we, we talked about the Odyssey a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's clearly notes um, of Oedipus and this with the mom stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it takes it and kind of does what Renfield attempted to do as a one-line joke, which is, like, put it in a modern-day mental health scenario. Yeah. Which I think is such an interesting concept to explore. And I think putting the audience in the shoes of the main character, going through not just the anxiety, um, medically induced or not, by the way. His mom owns that company. Who knows what she's been feeding him his whole life. Right. Um, not just in that sense, but also, like, like, a, like, just in in a broader scope. I just think it's a really – Fun's not the right word, but a new twist on on clearly very long running um, issues with with humanity and relationships with parents and girlfriends and society. I thought it was great, and there's so many threads to pull out if we wanted to dig into this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I'd like to talk
1: um, themes. Sure. In Ari Aster's movies, yeah, there's kind of a through line. There's a few, and I'll point them out, and you yeah. can illuminate more. What you pick, so head trauma. Yeah, headless drama. But yeah. yeah. Abusive and or toxic relationships. Sure. Uh, mom issues. I would connect those last two, but yeah. yeah. Well, but no, see like Midsommar was about- <laughs> That's true. You're different right. relationships, right. but relational, mm-hmm. abusive, toxic, mm-hmm. give-take relationships, and then also family- Generational hered- Hereditary. Totally. Big on the family issues. So those three through lines, I feel are very apparent in his movies, and I think yes. that- the first two films that he put out, feature length films, mm-hmm. approached them in a again a very new as a fresh take mm-hmm. on those kind of mm-hmm. dynamics, like Tony Collette and Hereditary. Man, the scene at the table,
0: yeah, <sighs> is like the scene where the mom in this. We should get the cast. I'll pull up the cast list.
1: Yeah, but like yes, but fantastically done. Um,
0: I just the, the those themes that just didn't land for me in this one. Okay. Weirdly enough, I think in those previous two movies, you have to dig a little deeper to find those themes. I think it's more of a uh, an investigation than this one. This one's pretty pretty obvious. I would push back. Really? I thought they were all pretty obvious. Just the dynamics with the family
1: and hereditary and the dynamics sure. between the 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 main character and her partner yeah. in Midsummer were like right there.
0: I guess I would make the case that on you know a little bit louder in the in the foreground of those movies is like the the uh, possession stuff in Hereditary, like that's True. what had my focus and the cult stuff in Midsummer, totally. Like but that it, is where your attention goes, and yeah. then in the subtext is like all this relational stuff that you don't fully appreciate until you've absorbed and dissected the movie in your own brain. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Bo is Afraid, it's like all being thrown at you, and none of it's really subtle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the I subtle, kind of like
1: that too. Subtle is not
0: a word I would no, use. No, not a bit. Um, yeah, I think yeah, you're 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 right. Um, but I do like the the parallels like like here and and more so hereditary in this one. It's it's like the generational trauma. There's the great monologue by by I guess what I was doing is pulling up the cast list of the mom here towards the end. Um do we do we need to summarize this at all? Cause I think our conversation won't make any sense to people that haven't seen it. No, it's it won't. Um his mom gets crushed by a chandelier he, and then she fakes her own she death. She fakes her own death because he basically is like, I can't come because my bag was stolen. And she's like Fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'll see you another time. Like very passive aggressive, not a healthy way of whatever. Then she fakes her own death to like test him to see how loyal he is, um, which is insane. Yeah. And like along the way, he's basically encounters all these people that work for her and probably has been his whole life. Like her whole thing. His mom's been gaslighting him. His whole life. His whole life. There's the scene where (laughs) there's so many things we could talk about. The penis is in the attic, Mm -hmm. which is supposed to be her, her, his dad. Yeah. Which is like, again, on the nose, like that's all he was to her. He's probably not in the attic at all. But in that case, like it makes it clear she wanted a son, didn't care about the dad really. He's out of the picture. Now her baby boy is uh, is the only thing that matters to her. Get a lot of flashbacks of their lives when he's younger. Mm-hmm. I think overtly kind of sexual yeah. in the way she talks to him. And she doesn't want to let him go to the point that she tells him that her dad, his dad died um, the moment he was conceived and genetically he was passed down that same heart murmur so he should never even take the chance of being intimate with a girl mm-hmm. so she's the only woman in his life ever or climaxing at all at all yeah. like yeah and like why even risk it why even get close to another female you don't need to die mm-hmm. crazy so she puts on this whole elaborate test and then and then eventually he shows up um, to her uh, house to his childhood home for her funeral has sex finally for the first time it goes okay for a minute and then it doesn't because uh, Elaine his childhood crush um, doesn't live through that Again, I don't know if like that's a real, I can't think of an explanation for that. Yeah. I don't think it matters. Then his mom is there and she does this whole speech afterwards when his therapist shows up. I like, I've been sending your mom recordings of our, it's like if everything you were afraid of as like a hypochondriac. Comes true. Is, and you're just like, yep. yes, the world is out. Like everything's terrible. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. Yeah. So his therapist comes out with like this evil smile. Oh, like, he was so creepy. Oh. Um, and the mom gives this, this great monologue about how like, at least I'm not as bad as my mother was. My mom wouldn't even touch me. And I've given you all my love my whole life and you don't do anything for me. Um, I don't know Which you could see at one point, like I, th- I saw a little crack in that evil veneer. Like she's clearly hurt too. Something's mm-hmm. passed down from her mom. Um, she's clearly taken it too far. Yeah. Um, but maybe had good intentions, but also one of the same sort of full commitment of her love back from her son, which is not realistic. Yeah. Um, Wild, um, And the mom I keep referencing is Patty LuPone um, As Mona Wasserman Which by the way if you look up what that Last name translates to it's Waterman Which I thought was nice hmm. given the way he dies Yeah um, They also live in Wasserton that's the town hmm. A lot of hyper like hyper reality stuff here Yeah um, The end of the movie he does die he gets put on trial He kills his mom we think Then rows away in a little rowboat Into the serenity of the night and then ends up in the middle of this Giant stadium of, of a trial where like his mom and her lawyer are accusing him of basically like being not a, a good person. son, like yeah. not even person son. Yeah. And he's essentially being tried for yeah. his life and his defense lawyers like a even hear him. That yeah. was a nice touch too. Like it's, yeah. Um, the movie kind of ends like it begins with him, you know, coming out of the womb, which I thought was a weird way to start the movie, but now it makes sense. It's like the only time he was ever even a little bit at peace. Is and then she doesn't even like that. She's like, "Why isn't he crying? Whack him!" <laughs> and then from then on, he was crying until he died. Yeah, which is I thought nice. Like it was when he rose out or not rose, but he's got the boat. He yeah. goes in like the big cave, which kind of looked like a womb, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the uh, the cemetery there was pretty nice. Yeah,
1: it was so on the nose and abstract at the same time.
0: Yeah, like, you get the message. Yeah. But, like, getting there is so wild yeah. and so trippy and weird. I said what the fuck in the theater to myself so many times. Yeah. Which you could do because you were alone. There were three, there were two other people. Oh, and right. actually, one guy was, like, right here. He was, like, two rows in front of me and a few seats down. And I swear at one point we both said what the fuck at the same time and, like, chuckled. Mm-hmm. It was wild. I oh mean, I don't know. There's just so much going on in this movie. And I tend to some days have a pretty overactive brain. So sometimes this kind of movie hits me just right. And sometimes, like, this was way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I saw this about two days ago, and I've been thinking about it nonstop. There's just so much going on. I, again, walking to Phoenix kills it. Um, I thought seeing Amy Ryan, yeah, thought seeing Amy Ryan, <laughs> aka Holly Flax, was fun yeah. in this role too. Um, I, I am unclear because clearly uh, Nathan Lane's character, the dad, Joe um, Roger, Rogers' his name, mm-hmm. like worked for Mona, the mom. They all did, right? But but Grace, Amy Ryan's character. Seemed a little bit less on board with this crazy mom love test. Yeah. She was, like, was like, don't incriminate yourself. Like flip to this channel.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: they hit him with the car. Why do you think they hit him with the car? It was all planned. Hitting him with the car, but that could kill him. That's how they why, got him back to their house. But why would the mom want him to be hit by a car? I think maybe it, they were like, because well, they're the food truck, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, they were serving or soup to like the yeah, almost before. right outside
1: his house. Right. So like they're,
0: they're watching him. I'm on board with that. And I think what happened is he gets attacked by Stabby Boy. Uh, in the side and then the hands by the way very jesus-like i'm mm-hmm. not sure if we can read into that i bet we can um and they're like we got to stop him he's going to kill stabby guy's going to kill um Bo. Mm-hmm. so they just drove and hit him accidentally and then i think they just tried to recover and save the situation sense. yeah i can't figure out why else that would have happened no that makes sense but what? Yeah, what did you think of the whole suburban sequence
1: I mean, it was very dystopian and unnerving. Yeah. Like the biggest problem I had with this movie was how like in climax, Mm -hmm. everyone was just off. Like everything about this movie was just not. It doesn't feel,
0: it feels like a fucking nightmare.
1: Like I left this movie so paranoid and anxious. (laughs) I went to the bar afterwards and like, I couldn't get a read on people. Yeah. Yeah. It was like weird being around other people.
0: I, I was like, I thought I saw the stabbing guy at the gym today. He wasn't like a naked guy, but I saw like a bald head. And for some reason, out of my peripherals, I was like, oh shit, I'm about to get stabbed by yeah, a naked guy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, that I thought it was, I don't know, that was probably the most
1: I was engaged because it yeah, was sure. so, in a very wild movie, it was mm-hmm. just so unsettling for just him to wake up in the K pop fans. Venue. Yeah. That
0: kid. Um, and then uh, she drank paint. Kylie Rogers is the actress, Tony. Yeah. Um, teenagers are so scary. Yeah. I spe- like the older I'm getting, the more unpredictable I think kids are. Mm-hmm. I think I think Ari Aster captured that perfectly. Like if you're if you're Bo in this situation, there's this maniac kid that's like pressuring you to smoke all kinds of crazy drugs. I'm like, if you don't do it, I'm gonna put you online. Mm-hmm. And like who knows what she's gonna do next? Yeah. I thought that was great. And and Kylie Rogers played that very well. Maniac she was. Yeah. And full on Charlie Day shout out from Always
1: Sunny. She just drank a bunch of paint. Oh, is that a thing that happens? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: man, uh, I spent. I saw it two days ago. I've spent the last two days trying to forget it. Yeah, uh,
0: safe to say you're never gonna watch it again. Safe. Yeah. Very safe. I just. I have a feeling it's. I mean, it's. It's. I think it's probably the most divisive of his three films. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of these extremes are so far on either end of that extremity spectrum, um, but I think because of that, the people that skew towards liking it are going to create a very big cult following for this movie. Like, it's, there's I mean, are, it's already selling huge. hats with the One MW A24, logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but even beyond like corporate money, like I think this is going to become bigger than his other two movies. Hmm. Just a hunch. So I don't that's know. Wild. Somebody pointed out online, this is like what would happen um in the movie Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Um, like if we just kept watching and it wasn't, uh, and it was like funnier and darker and weirder, like this could easily be that that's that world. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could talk about this for a long time. I don't really have anything that I need to talk about. I loved it. I'm so stoked on this movie. I think it's great. I think you could have cut out the whole middle hour. Uh, what do you, you mean time-wise yeah. just the, like the whole middle act. Is that the suburban thing? The forest thing. Oh, the forest thing. Yeah. Man, I love the forest thing too when the freaking guy shows up um uh what's his name uh was it jeeves jeeves yeah the like ex military ptsd guy mm-hmm. shows up and just kills some people
1: <laughs> I realize how insane we sound talking about this movie if you've never seen it i know you got it then she
0: drank paint it's great it's a crazy movie like fucking so much wild. happens um i think you can't lose the forest scene cuz you need that animation thing you need like him to he, i like that he kind of lives his own tiny hero's journey in his head watching the thing yeah and in that version, he does, I mean, he doesn't, like, in his own wildest fantasy, he doesn't do great. He still fails. He, like, still fails. Yeah. Um, and I loved how it tied back together. It reminded me of the other movie that I can't think of. Um, Whatever. But, like, yeah, he's, like, experiencing the movie in his head, and then there's people, like, there's the guy who's, like, I worked, you know, like, I knew your dad or your mom or whatever, and he thinks it's his dad, but it's probably not. not. And that guy blows up, so we never find out. Nope. Yep. Immediately blows up. Just. <laughs> oh man see this
1: movie at your own risk that's that's my takeaway i think that's fair yeah it's it's gonna vary so much
0: from person to person mm. i'm not a yeah it didn't hit me right okay what did you make of the attic reveal also a callback to hereditary and attics mm-hmm. i think it also had a fold-down ladder If I'm so not so he supposedly had a twin brother was that the vibe or has he been in the attic the whole time i don't know i don't think it's that well who was that then it was either his dad or his brother well it was supposed to be his brother and his dad the dad was the penis yeah I thought maybe it could have been both, but I do think you're right. Why do you think he had a twin brother?
1: Because in his dream, he had a brother and that's his so brother funny. Got
0: taken to the attic. I so just saw that dream as like him disassociating from his own body, watching from a bathtub and having himself put in. But you're right. I think in, I caught that in the eulogy video, the fake eulogy video, the dude reading is like, she is, um, she's remembered by her only, her, her sole surviving son. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh shit, like did he have a brother? Like, is that what that right. is? And that totally could have been it. Though oh. for some reason that's less intriguing to me. I don't know why. And then yeah, the, the penis was the dad. Yeah. And then army dude rolls in, Jeez rolls in, just tss, through that what a weird, what a weird movie, dude. Why does the penis have claws? I don't know. Who cares? You know? <laughs> it's great. Weird stabs it through the head. It's nuts. Yeah. ah yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch it again. It's I can't wait. All if right. I do, it'll be at home, sure. But man, it gave me such bad anxiety. Yeah, like, it's
1: so stressful. No, I have anxiety anyway, and I, it did not help.
0: I like that his. Um, we found out that the place he's living, the apartment, um, was also owned by the MW company. Like mm-hmm. It was built like it was as on the like wall. a rehab facility or whatever, and it was attached to like a sex, like a peep show. Yeah, called um, Erectus Ejectus. Yeah, <laughs> <It> was <laughs> and was great. that
1: there the whole time just to and constantly they just, tempt him? I don't know, dude. Probably never supposed to nut, and he's got these huge balls.
0: I again, like that's a great example of like what is way too obvious. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, that's what it is. Like, not that that would happen to you, probably. I don't think there's any that's never happened, but still, like, what a funny visual on the nose cue. Yeah, why was the guy up above his bathtub? Why was he sitting there? Just a weird dude. When I think about it, though, if I put myself in that bathtub, I'm like, you know, what would be my worst fear right now if a dude was just above me. Sweating in my eyes, and like that's horrible. Yeah, I would be afraid of that. And there's a spider on the guy. <laughs> oh man, it's <that's> okay. So <laughs> and they're rolling in the bathtub. Yeah, crazy
1: movie. So 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 weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's end this conversation with one more thing you and I can both agree on, which is I think we could probably both use another beer. That sounds great. All right, let's dig a stat out of the freezer, not the freezer, the cellar, whatever we're calling it. Okay, the beer has been dug out of the ice chest, cellar, cave, whatever we're calling it. It's a. Uh, I like to imagine, like when people hear it, that we're picturing like, you know, like a locked vault, and we spin the thing, and then and then you open and it and goes, oh, and there's like the golden glow from Pulp Fiction. I like that too. Uh, and then we have all of our beers, but yeah, you know what? That is what it is. Hundred percent. Okay, so we've locked the vault, uh, and now we're back with beer number two, um, which is going to be a nice light way to finish out our day here. Yeah, easy drinking. Um, yeah,
1: matricide from Nightmare Brew. Yeah, which if you don't know, is the word
0: man. That's great for murdering one's mother. One's mother. Can I say one more thing? Since we just brought up the movie that Ari Aster called his movie like a Jewish Lord of the Rings, which I thought was just a wonderful <laughs> way because like Lord of the Rings is a classic hero journey. Really? Yeah, he and because his mom's Mona is like is Jewish, and there's been a lot of similarities between like particularly the pressures of, like, Jewish mothers and sons. Oh, my goodness. And I love that he called it a, a Jewish Lord of the Rings. It's so good. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Mattress
0: side. It's an
1: imperial stout that's 15.1% with toasted coconut, roasted almonds, Ecuadorian cacao, damn, Madagascan vanilla, and lactose. Yeah. Cold-aged on Ecuadorian cacao, toasted coconut, and roasted almonds for over six weeks, Gives off complex boozy aromatics of coconut and almond, deeper, heavier aromatics and flavors of fudge, black cherry, figs, and dried apricots, invasively viscous coconut notes on the mouthfeel. Almond almost comes off like amaretto. Chris, your mouth's over there watering. Yeah, <laughs> I love amaretto so much.
0: Yeah, it's good.
1: Uh, Crisp fudge brownie edges. Nice touch. Which is yeah, that's smart mm, the of them. best part. Very smart. Uh, a stringent bite
0: of flavored coffee at the finish. They are setting our expectations quite high. Now before, I don't think you've even smelled it. Um, do The other one we did, by the way, from Nightmare was Gunga Rao, um, which I don't remember what. I was going to try to get to you before you smelled it, but now that you have. Um, are you thinking this is going to be good? I think it has the potential to be great. I do, too, and I'm hoping it's going to be really good. I think it won't be great. I'm not positive. I would like to find out. You're trying it now for the first time, um, and you're just really trying it. You're taking it with your lactose pills. Oh, yeah. Always with beer. Always. That's how you should take your lactose pills. That's a callback to the movie. (laughs) Well, what did you taste in your first gulp?
1: Hmm. Definitely toasty coconut. It's not nearly as sweet as I, I expected. Know, I knew it from that description. It's not nearly as sweet, it's no, it's as not as thick nearly is it? as viscous. I knew it. Now, it's it's not
0: invasively viscous. I wouldn't even call it vaguely viscous. Okay. A fun fact by the way. Um I just saw this horrible side of the can. This actually is um the brewer's mom <laughs> who he he does I left it out because it didn't apply to us, but he has like a nice little blurb about his mother on this is like but she would appreciate it. That's awesome. Uh, that's what this portrait is about. I'm actually just double checking the can, which is why I picked it up. And yeah, this version is 15.1%. Damn. So, okay. That is light. I knew Man. it. I'm so bummed. That's I, Again, like I poured it and that's the only evidence I had. But I was like, I'm pretty sure this is going to be similarly, um, let's say, understated like the first one. Yeah, I'm getting not much vanilla.
1: Uh, I don't know why there's lactose in here. It's mm-hmm. not adding anything to the mouthfeel in any way, shape or form. If this needed lactose, I am fucking terrified of how thin it was before they put it in. y'all yeah, bet, dude, it smells pretty good. I've just smelled it for the first time. Really, predominantly, I'm just getting coffee. Uh, there's there's not a ton of vanilla. I mean, coconut and almonds, when combined, kind of blend into an amalgam of like an almond joy. Yes. So getting like uh, kind of coffee almond joy vibes from this, but like not
0: in a a texturally pleasing way. I'm going to have to – I know you're only having a little, but you got to pour yourself a little more because I'm going to have you do the thing that I was about to do. And also I got sort of even more disheartened by your description. So when I tasted it, it was actually more than what I had expected. But plug your nose and after you drink it and swallow, exhale while unplugging your nose on the mouth. Exhale out of the mouth. Let go of your nose. That's where I get the vanilla. Are you getting that like right in the back of the throat, the tail end. There's like a nice bit of vanilla extract. Tiny bit.
1: I the I, tiniest
0: bit. It jumps to me. I'm going to try it again, but I like this I like this um more than I initially thought and definitely more than I did after just hearing your description. Yeah, I I'm mean, okay with it so far. It's Way too thin for a 15% stout. See, but this is one of those times where I'm like, it's hiding 15%. Like, come on. Where is it where
1: is it going? It's true. A lot of beers that try and do that just get rely Syrup. on thicky thick.
0: Thick. And after last week's episode with RAR brewing, mm-hmm. I am kind of... Excited to not have a beer super thick because boy, did that haunt my dreams, dude. I've had some traumatic shit happen to me. We did it's been rawr. a long week, dude. We did RAR, yes, we did Bo's Afraid. I know, and now those... we're doing a beer from Nightmare Brewing. <sighs> Can't get the taste out of those two things out of my mouth. I know. Um, that fucking gravy beer that was rough. That was that was had you given it a one instead of a 1.1, which by the way, insinuates something could be worse than that. Had we both given it ones, it would have been the worst beer we've ever done on the show. But because you gave it a 1.1, I don't think it's the worst beer we've ever done. It's got to be. It's not because the lowest beer we've ever done I think was like a 1.1 and like a 1.2 or something. So now mathematically, it's not the worst beer, which is crazy because factually it absolutely was. (laughs) That beer should be burned at the stake. Yeah. But this beer shouldn't. No, this beer – I
1: I definitely don't hate it. I. It's – it's approachable, man. It's like a really mellow fifteen percent stout. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not hot, which I was anticipating. Once I realized how thin it was, yes. I was thinking, okay, where's the heat? There's not it doesn't really come it's not there. It drinks like a seven percent stout.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe slightly more like I'm getting a little booziness on the back end, but there's no way it's close to something that you would expect from an Imperial stout in terms of heat or or yeah, or viscosity or or um yeah, booziness in general.
1: I think honestly, reading the description on this kind of, um, through it, it set expectations and then those weren't fulfilled. So I'm disappointed automatically. Yes. If you would have just said, here's a 15% yeah. coffee stout. Yes. Because predominantly on the flavor and particularly the finish. Yep. Tons of coffee.
0: Lots so, of coffee.
1: So yep. 15% coffee stout. This is a fucking win. Yes. Right? But then you tell me it's got the coconut. You tell me it's got the almonds. You tell me it's going to taste like amaretto, which is hot, hot fire. <laughs> You're telling me I'm about to have a beer that tastes like the De, Serono, the De Come on. Which I fucks with. Yeah, And then great. it doesn't? Bro, put a shot of Di in this. I will drink it all and just take yours and drink
0: that too. Right? Yeah, I get that. But it doesn't have that. There's nary a peep of coconut. No. I... I can maybe, I can maybe be a little bit generous towards almond. If you didn't read sure that it had coconut, would you ever guess it? Not, no, not nary yeah. a peep, nary a peep. Um, vanilla for sure. Now I've I've become solidified in that. There's mm-hmm. vanilla on the end. There's coffee for sure. There's fudge, absolutely. There's no, you know, I kind of want more of like a like a like a toasted, um, roasty caramel thing going, and I don't have that. So because of that. Which, which, in my drinking experience, it usually kind of bolsters the front half of the drinking experience. You get kind of that the big bread, caramel kind of roastiness. Mm-hmm. And then that dam gives way to the more, the more, I want to say succulent. What am I, maybe I do mean succulent. No, I mean decadent. Decadent. Either way, the more decadent dessert notes. I'm <laughs> just picturing tiny little plants. I know. <laughs> um, and this doesn't have that front bolstering no it needs like a punch it needs a punch it, through that's my one thing and it's a pretty subjective critique but fuck that i've tried like
1: 800 beers well
0: i just think i mean subjective when it comes to people's palates some mm. people might enjoy that but i know for a fact you and i do want that punch and this doesn't have it which is not again objectively bad but i just think it's lacking some x factor
1: yeah, dude at this point in the game with all
0: the beers we've tried you got to be memorable be memorable I'm okay with pe- with beers that aren't, you know. But if you're but, gonna get a high score, you have to be memorable. Sure. If you want to excel to greatness, mm. if you want to get over that, want to make it in the top of the compendium, if you want to get
1: over that eight. That eight mark. Yeah. You gotta get. Yeah, you gotta beat the eight. You gotta be memorable. And this beer is delicious. Okay, I'm gonna say that it's delicious. It's delicious. It's I enjoy this beer, beer. quite yep. a bit. What's special about this beer is how sneaky the ABV is. It's nothing in the flavor. No. It's nothing in the texture. It's nothing mind-blowing on my palate that's going to make me go buy this again immediately. It's a beer that I can drink one of, enjoy thoroughly, have a pleasant drinking experience. It's not too thick. You're not going to get burned out. I could drink the whole 16-ounce can, no problem. This is a very approachable quantity of beer. But that is where the uniqueness and the excitement ends for me. Okay. It's, it's a really approachable 16 ounce can of,
0: I will say a coffee stout. And that's, that's where my excitement stops. Sure. Um, I know your score. I'm almost positive. No, I'm not. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that I know what you're going to read it. Six, six. That's, uh, (laughs) that's what I was going to (laughs) say. What were you going to say? 7.9. Oh no, God, no. Um, since we're off of – you're sticking with 6.6? Yeah. Okay. Since we're off of the radio waves, I'm not quite as pressed for time. I would now like to take the opportunity because we've done 300 episodes of this thing and I feel entitled to this. I'm going to explain my new rating system. Jesus Christ. And Here I like go. it. So I think out of 10 is great. But that really only factors into our drinking. So I also factor in like the vibe, which is basically the can and what the beer looks like. And I also want to factor in the re-drinkability. Okay. Slash – which it was includes like buying it again. That's like price – that's um the quantity of ounces and that's also like the accessibility how redrinkable is it could i go get it again if i wanted to could i afford to drink it do i even want the whole can those are my three categories 10 out of 10 is is my i've got 10 options for what we've always done those are still my 10 points and i'm adding five points on either other category so 20 total does that make sense for you great i hate this can again i do not like this can Mm -hmm. the vibes are wrong (laughs) <laughs> These are bad vibes The vibe is wrong So that's, that's my worst category It's out of five God. vibes Now it looks like a stout I want more head I want it to be a little more viscous I don't like the way this beer looks It doesn't look particularly enticing It's bad vibes All around It does look like a stout It's not a disgusting color So I'm giving it Two out of five On the vibes Not a great score The drinking experience I enjoy this beer It's not amazing Like you're saying I think to get above an eight You have to be really good For me it is an eight It can't be higher My next is a nine My next below is a seven It's certainly not a seven by God, it's not a nine. Bro, it's y- really good. You totally
1: just skirted around adding decimal points by just adding points. You needed more scoring options. No, no, because here's the and thing. You would not submit to mm-hmm. the use of decimals. No, no, no. So
0: created your own scoring system <laughs> just to not be on the same page as me. All right. First of all, you invented the decimals when we clearly had a one to ten situation. And you not only did you invent them on a whim, you invented them arbitrarily. Sometimes a 4.6 is the same as a 4.1. You just want to be fancy with decimals. So I think it's okay if I do this because I can't lump in the vibes and the redrinkability in the drinking experience. It's a separate factor.
1: But it makes a total score. I thought
0: about this for like two hours in a row. I, I We should driving. just start scoring shit. It's one out all of I was thinking. <laughs> you know, it's well, a 92. Well, just add a zero to the 10 then. It's a 92. It's a 9.2. We're going on the beer advocate way of doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, vibes are two. Drinking experience is eight. Redrinkability. how much was this, Johnny? Give me, come on. 11? $11? Yeah, so I got both beers
1: and I expensed a bottle of Fuji water for $1.99. Good for you.
0: And it was $23 out the door. All right, 21, if you don't count the water, or tax, we'll say 20, you think the first one was seven? Yeah. This this wasn't $13. Might've been, it's a 15% stout. That's true, that's too expensive. Um, you'd have to be a nine or a 10 for me to justify that. It's not, um, I would drink the whole can. It's incredibly smooth. I could drink this again easily, but that's too expensive. So it's a, it's a three out of five on a re Okay. Bringing my total score to 13 out of 20. Huh? I don't
1: even know what the fuck that means. It's a 13 out of 20. It means it's good, not great. All
0: right, what's it? What is it out of 10? It's an eight out of 10. Okay baseline eight out of ten. Eight out of ten that's our normal ratings eight okay, out of 10. Yeah. it's really good but the vibes really fuck up my out of 20 rating because because there's a woman being sta- johnny look she's being stabbed through the head from the back with a knife yeah it's awesome mm. it's horrible it's not a knife it's a little fist oh yeah it's like the tip of a jousting it's spear. a tiny little fist. she's getting jousted in the head <laughs> that makes it so much cooler um by the goddamn grim reaper yeah there are, i think was that on the first one too no uh it was it's not just a hand Okay, but there's a scythe. It's the Grim Reaper. That's the thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But in all seriousness, for our compendium and for our normal scale, it's eight out of ten for me. It's six point six for you, um, which is fair. You know, it's a pretty good beer. Yep. Are you ready to move in hot and bothered?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Hot and
0: bothered. All right. Welcome to hot and bothered. Johnny has a laundry list, so we'll start with you. I I don't even I can't tell if this is hot or bothered, dude. Can you rephrase that to be less triggery for people? Um, my God.
1: Okay. What here. is it?
0: Yeah, like, just, you know, rephrase it maybe slash write it so I can put it in the description and not, you know, get flagged by every podcast ever. You did didn't change me? anything. Yeah, I did. Oh, it hasn't updated on mine then. Fucking allergies. Oh, sure. That sucks. Been doing you kind of dirty. Dude, so bad. I woke up
1: this morning in my house, all the windows closed. Face uh, itching. Just. Yeah. yeah. Throat, just.
0: Do you take allergy pills all every
1: day? You wouldn't. Sometimes twice a day. I am a a loratadine. What's loratadine? It's Claritin. Budget. It's Claritin. Yeah. Okay. You should try Allegra. I've tried them all. Claritin's the only one that touches it. You do the non drowsy or the drowsy? Mm -hmm. Non drowsy. You should. Good good <laughs> yeah no i want the. Just, but sometimes i'll chase it with the benadryl and maybe sure. six or seven beers sure 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 just kidding don't mix pills and beer. don't do that no um, always with
0: water exactly
1: at least eight <laughs> ounces the uh the allergies dude it's been wild i have people i go into accounts for work and their eyes are just dripping yeah and it's just miserable yeah. like everyone just has the worst cold right now but it's yep. just allergies you know how sad and bad it is, dude? I left my window open in my house the other day because it was, like, beautiful. You fool. No, it wasn't It wasn't me. I was okay. Oh. Trip. Like, oh, your cat? My cat has allergies. He was sitting in the That's window because nice. he loves it. I call it kitty TV, right? So I opened the window, and he's just sitting there with his nose against the screen.
0: Yeah, can you imagine? Because, well, like, cats think, and yours go, like, see outside, but, mm-hmm. like, a lot of cats that live in apartments, like, they think... That apartment is the, the world. world. Yeah. Yeah. And then you open a window, like, wh- it must be a television. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem with us. Maybe when we see a TV, we think it's TV, but it's actually another universe. Exactly. I'm just spitballing here. It might be. Okay. I hope it is.
1: But anyways, he yeah. was sitting there with his little nose against the screen, and I come home from work, and he's just, <laughs> <laughs> oh, No. And I walk over and he's just not moving from the screen and his little eyes leaking. It's so sad. little I had to give him a little face bath. So allergies have definitely got me bothered. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's – If you
1: live in Chico or Northern California, it's rough. We've had so much rain.
0: We haven't time stamped this episode yet. So if people listen in the future, we're talking like the end of April in Northern California, which is like, you know, we have – we've had a pretty like wet, cold winter. Yeah. And like just like we're hitting 90 degrees, 95 this weekend. So like – you know, trees are blossoming. Mm-hmm. It's a rough time of year for us up here. Oh, it's bad. There's people in like Southern California or like, you know, the Midwest listening. There's like, what? 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 was what? that accent? What? <laughs> <I don't laughs> <know. laughs> and also in an unnamed territory in England. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: So anyways, that's that's what's got me uh, bothered. Do you okay. want to know what's got me hot? Yes, please. I watched a documentary
0: mm-hmm. about a portly little Scottish fella. Oh, Yeah. That's all they play in the UK, is who you're about to say, by the way, I was just there. Yeah. That's all they play on the radio.
1: So I watched a documentary on Netflix called Lewis Capaldi, How I'm Feeling Now. Sure. I watched this Sunday. No, I watched it, I think, after Bo. I needed like yeah. a, a cleanse. Yeah. And I was just scrolling through Netflix. I started to watch Beef,
0: which- I'm Oh, gonna, I just started that too.
1: Gonna follow
0: up. That's... A24's Netflix show with Stephen Ewan and- um uh ali yeah. wong
1: ali wong yeah yeah um and we'll we'll talk about that after we both watch it because i feel like it's going to be very
0: good. exactly like we did with house of the dragon And White Orchid. Is that what it's called? White Lotus. White Lotus and also The Last of Us. We're going to do a recap of this also.
1: And also uh,
0: Blue. Velvet. Velvet. No, that's not right. Royal Blue. What uh, are you talking about? What is
1: the movie that we're supposed to to review? We never did. True Romance. True Romance. For Britney? Exactly. Shout out to Britney. Yeah. We're totally going to do it. It's coming. Yeah. Um, So anyways, I was just scrolling and I I was not in the mood to pay attention to beef because I want to watch that fairly critically. Same. Uh, and I came across this documentary, it was in like my recommended, and it was just called How I'm Feeling Now, Louis Capaldi. And I was like, who is this portly little fella that yeah. I'm seeing? Because yep. for context, I had no idea who this guy was.
0: Did you know it once you heard the song? Yeah. Yeah. Also, that voice shouldn't come out of that dude. I know. It makes no sense. He also has a crazy lisp. And also Tourette's. Yeah, which he found out in the documentary. They were filming the documentary, and on camera, he found out he had Tourette's? Um, yeah. That no, not, the not on camera. Okay. He, <laughs> it
1: was... All right. So let me... Sure. Back, let's go, go ahead. Back it up. I had no idea who this guy is. I watched the the Netflix trailer. Apparently, this dude's like one of the biggest singers on the planet. Yeah. And I'm I'm in the dark. Uh, so I, I watch it, and I recognize a couple of his songs. I'm like, I've heard this. Okay, this makes sense. Like you said, he's a huge deal oh, in yeah,
0: kind of used to being someone you love and now the day breaks. that song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great song. Great song. I'm like, oh, it's this is this guy? That's that guy. He right. does not look aesthetically like a pop star, no. which is great. I love him. Yep. This documentary made me love Louis Capaldi. He's fantastic. Great songwriter. Um, but it was a deep dive into sophomore album writing pressure. He took over the world with his first album, the second album. He's in the process of writing. He's having like mental health breakdowns. His anxiety is to the roof. He's got this anxiety, what he thinks is an anxiety-induced shoulder shrug. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's like, it flares up when I'm anxious. I don't know why. He's like, it happens in traffic. There's some great footage of him just talking with his dad about it. And his dad's like, we'll just fucking fix it. Like, go to the doctor, get it fixed. It was really raw stuff, very much a glimpse into this guy's life. And it was a really fun viewing experience for me because I had no context. I had no preconceived notions about anyone in this movie. Right. Like, not knowing who he is. It was a good way to watch this. Um, But it was a real behind-the-scenes look at kind of like what large-scale – stadium acts yeah. go through yeah, and, it's the, crazy. and the pressures of trying to recreate lightning in a bottle mm-hmm. in like a in a world overtaking first record yes and one of the great lines in his this doc was he was like i had my whole life to write that album i have like right six, and i have like six months to do it again yeah like, the fuck do i do that it's crazy um, so if you're into music, if you're into documentaries that are very introspective and look at uh someone's struggles with mental health, uh, I think it's well worth a watch. Sweet. And also, it made me a huge fan. What's
0: the documentary called? It's called How I'm Feeling Now. How I'm Feeling Now. Yeah. That's great. Definitely recommend. A really good doc. I pulled up his Wikipedia. Because I knew he was from Scotland. I thought maybe I had been to where he was from. I was in Edinburgh, but he's from Glasgow. Mm-hmm. So appropriate. Nice yeah. job. With the beer. Yeah. Um, but the genres on his Wikipedia are, A, there's two. Pop. And then blue-eyed soul, which I've never heard of. Okay. It does feel a bit like white people taking black people's music. Yep. White. <laughs> blue-eyed, blue-eyed soul. soul. That's uh,
1: that's like the most appropriation <laughs> genre title I've ever heard in my yeah. life. Uh, okay. Well. That's like saying blonde funk. Yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah, sure.
0: Come on. Jesus. Um, You got anything else? Um, Yeah, I went to a concert this last week. Oh, you love this band. I do. Oh, that's who was in? You should probably talk about why you were out of town.
1: Yeah, so as we're recording this, last week was my wedding anniversary. How many years? uh, Six. So we took a little trip down to the Bay Area, went to the Concord Pavilion. Uh, It was kind of one of those things that it just planned itself i got the email from mastodon that they were this tour was happening it was lorna shore who we've played um, on this podcast
0: uh, oh man i hate that
1: i love that so much <laughs> uh, lorna shore gojira from france they don't tour the states very often so it was fantastic to get to see them and headlined by mastodon sweet and it was a big all-out stadium tour with visuals and lasers and pyrotechnics and super high budget uh, went down to Concord, checked out Concord for a day, saw the show, and then meandered back through Sacramento, mm-hmm. went to Slice, went to Goat House, petted some goats.
0: Nice. It's a good time. That
1: is great. So that's got me very hot. It was a very successful little jaunt to the big Nice, area. dude. Well, glad brought, you're back.
0: And I brought us back beers. That's and true. Our and our tasters for today, which is very slick. Yeah, man. Um, Those beers were great. Yeah. So uh, that's me, man. That's my life in a nutshell. I've been sort of on uh, like work recuperation mode. So like I haven't had a ton of gigs this past week. None of the normal stuff that I would talk about on our show. Instead, I've done a lot of like day-to-day life stuff. So I'll give you a couple that I'm pretty jazzed about. Um, the other, I drive, a, I drive a moped sometimes if people don't know. It's well-documented. I have the shirt. Yeah. Um, and very, I've owned it for about two years and very sadly earlier this week, my electric start functionality stopped. But the Kickstart was still working, so I you know, I don't know about mopeds because I've only owned them for two years. And then about a day later, the Kickstart stopped, and I diagnosed a couple problems. Big shout-out to our friend Brian Massa. Uh, he was like, it's probably the battery. I know him. And I was like, yeah, it's probably the battery. That's what I told the people at Batteries and Bulbs, which is a great store to go to if you, you need batteries two things. <laughs> or bulbs. And it turns out they sell a lot more. i just never been in. Um, And I took in the old battery so they would test it. Wait, that's a real place? It's literally like, it's a store. It's a franchise. they got one in Modesto where I came up. They got one here. It's called Batteries and Bulbs. Never heard of it. It's awesome for those two things. Okay. Um, Though you'd think they'd have some advanced technology. So I took in my old moped battery. I said, could you please test this? And they said, uh, (laughs) I said, I got to put it on the battery charger because it's too low. It'll take about two hours. I said, I don't really have two hours. Um, I'm pretty sure the battery's dead. Uh, I'll just buy another battery. Can I buy the new battery that I need? And then do you, do you have it in stock? And they're like, yes, we have it. Here you go. Uh, and I said, okay, perfect. Like, what's your guys' return policy on batteries? And they said, it's two weeks. But if you hook up the battery, you can't return it. I was like, it sort of defeats the purpose I was going for. And it was like 70 bucks, 80 bucks maybe. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's the battery. My friend Brian told me. And then lo and behold, it worked. So I fixed it, which is pretty cool. Nice. I've done that to the moped now. I've fixed uh I've replaced the spark plug. I've done a few things to the moped. Do mopeds have
1: alternators?
0: I was just talking about this. I don't know. My oh. old van died because the alternator went on. I didn't want to fix it. That's such an easy fix. But the van was at the end of its life. It was That's just, true. you know, it was like the AC and then the transmission. And then it was like, mm-hmm. now it's the alternator. So yeah, at some point you gotta call it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if mopeds do. Hmm. Well, but you'll, there's you'll only find so much out you yeah, your yeah, new battery so.
1: dies in like a week.
0: Right. So so that was one thing I did. I also reorganized my bedroom. Okay. I and it was one of those things where like I shifted the position of most of the major furniture. I don't I don't have a huge room. You fucked with your shway. But I have a decent sized room. So I've got like, you know, like a queen size bed in there. I've got um a big cabinet uh that holds my pants mostly. Where the magic happens. In the cabinet? Yeah. Yeah. Not the bed. Um Got, like, a desk in there, a trunk that belonged to my grandpa who passed away recently, um, which has, like, spare blankets and, like, a revolver he gave me and, like, a knife and all my watches. Sweet. Um, I moved the cat litter box out of my room, which, if you haven't tried that, by all means. Why the fuck was it in your room in the first place? I didn't want to. It's a long story, but I thought that was – I would keep it insulated. Not the not the feces, of course, but Well obviously that too. <laughs> um, I don't know. I moved in and I didn't want to with Rob, like I didn't want to like, let's put it in the kitchen, you know? Well, like, I'll keep it in everything all of Gray's stuff was in my bedroom at gotcha. first. Um and very parasitically I've been moving it out bit by bit yeah, and it seems to be going okay. Take it over. Yeah. Um So then I also installed a motion detector light in my closet because I have a shoe rack hanging on my closet door, so the door's always open, but the light switch is behind the door. Mm. Really hard to turn on. So I got these motion detectors that just, when I walk in the closet, it lights up. You don't
1: got a light to kick it, dude. You got to fear (laughs) of monsters in your
0: closet. (laughs) And that. Um, And I got some, like, macrame hangers on the wall for my hats, like my wide-brimmed hats. Um, And then... I was looking on Facebook Marketplace for bedside tables. I thought that's what would complete this. I'm getting rid of the tall cabinet where the magic happens. And I found these two that are 24 inches long each or wide. And it I measured and it would give me about a half an inch if I put them both in, half an inch of play with the bedside bed bedside table. So I bought them. Nice. I I messaged later I was like, "Hey, are these you're asking a lot. You're asking like $200. Are these real wood? Can I get can I get them for like 125?" she was like, yes, I'm pretty sure they're real wood. I'll give it to you for 150. I said, all right, fair enough. Got there. They are not real wood, but I am conflict avoidant. So I said, all right, here's your 150. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> and then I put them in the bedroom and they barely fit as I uh, measured they would. Are they like white mid-mod? They are dark mid-mod, okay. um, Ikea style. Okay. Particle board, I imagine. Sweet. Uh, Try American classic. They got two drawers. Looks like three, but the bottom one's big. Not all my pants fit in there, so I've made a mistake in that sense. But my room feels zenner than ever, and that's what I've been doing this week. You just got to get less pants. I have a lot of pants, yeah, and I like them. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the most um, uninteresting personal stuff I think I've ever shared on Hot and Bothered. I
1: loved it. I was here for it. Here we
0: are. I'm also really excited because I've been invited on a date. I think that's the last thing I'm going to say. Nice. It's tonight.
1: Oh, shit. That was me.
0: <laughs> and it's with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know the logistics. Can we mention it? Of course. Okay. So um, there's this business owner who grew up in Chico, moved to SAC to start a place called a coin op, which is a barcade. And then LaSalle's went out of business, slash was bought out by the same guy. And they're doing a soft opening tonight. Johnny's go. how do you even, why are you going to this? Friends and family, bro. Of who? The guy. Okay, well, Grayson.
1: He, yeah, Grayson yeah. invited me.
0: Well, Johnny invited me. He said, Do you want to be my plus one? I said, Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Um, so, in a couple minutes here, Johnny's going to leave and do something else. Do you want to shout that out?
1: We're going to trivia with Nick Land
0: at the Diamond Hotel. I'm not doing that part. I'm going to stay here and make some dinner and, and clean up in here and maybe do an edit or two. And then I'm going to meet you at that soft opening around eight o'clock. That's right. So we're going to go play some ski ball. We're just having a little guy's night out. We're going to have a cocktail. It's going to be so fun. We're going to play some Mortal Kombat. They got Mortal Kombat? They got fucking Street Fighter 2. That business is going to be so successful. I've talked for years about starting a barcade in this damn town. It needs it. But the startup costs of that sort of thing are just so much. One might say prohibitive. You might. I would. I was prohibited. Yep. Anyways, that's my day. Do you have anything else for today's episode, Johnny? Uh, this was fun. Uh, I
1: enjoyed talking about that movie more than I thought I would. Me too. You bring it out of me,
0: Max. Thanks, buddy. As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi, in addition to everyone else on Patreon. If you sad sacks haven't had a chance yet to check out the Handlebars Happy Hour, do so, save a couple bucks, uh, drink some tasty beers at that establishment. Again, it's seven days a week, uh, 2 to 6 p.m. Listen to the ad at the top if you don't remember the details. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers.
1: Thanks again for joining us. Remember, drink some tasty beverages with people that you enjoy, not people you don't. Uh, watch watch something that makes you happy. Maybe it's Bo's Resolve your mother issues. Ah, whoa. whoa. Or don't. Well, I don't know how much time you got. And don't trust your <laughs> therapist because he might be recording. But at the end of the day, most importantly, just be good to each other. It's not that hard, and you'll feel better, I guess. Or you won't, but you (laughs) should. Either way, see you next time.
0: This is Fresh Fresh Hop Hop Cinema.
1: Cinema.